0: Welcome to Navigating the Cancer Maze with Grace Goller. Dealing with cancer is by no means easy to handle, but our program aims to make it easier through knowledge. Whether you've been recently diagnosed, are going through treatment right now, or are a survivor, our program will have points that you should hear. And by sharing our stories together, we'll make it truly a life-changing experience that you don't have to go through alone. Now, here is your host, Grace Galler.
1: Hi, Grace Gawler here and welcome to another edition of Navigating the Cancer Maze. Now this week on Navigating the Cancer Maze, we're exploring colon cancer. Um, We're going to look at its prevention. We're going to look at some of the known causes. We're going to look at a few of the things that you can do. And during the coming weeks, we're going to be specifically looking at bowel cancer once you have it, what you can do about it, the sorts of treatments that are available. We're going to have an interview with a surgeon and uh, also an interview with somebody about uh, viruses and the implication of viruses. So look out for that in the coming weeks. Um, Today, I'm going to be wearing my naturopathic hat um, and my nutrition hat, uh, which is uh, something I don't often do on the program. I'm going to be quite uh, specific about some Uh, particular supplements and things that you can do. In particular with um, putting some deposits in your bank account for um, preventing Uh, problems with the colon, Um, a lot of those issues with colons uh, can actually lead to cancer and it would be nice to think that uh, one of the things that the show can do is to do some education about prevention. And uh, I also emphasise that uh, the purpose or my purpose and intention in the show um, is education and encouragement to you, the listener, to be involved, to get involved in your own treatment, Um, whether you're listening today and you have cancer or you have a precancerous condition, or if you're just here to get information of how to stay healthy, I think it's really important to have that kind of involvement. You've got to ask lots of questions. Um, If you have a health professional, you've really got to partner with them in your recovery. Everybody right through from a naturopath through to your oncologist. And I think the other thing is you need to be sure that you get satisfactory answers to your questions. Now, I think every day in life, it's it's a real opportunity. It's an opportunity for being more aware, more conscious of your health. If you're listening into the Health and Wellness Channel, it actually shows that you have, uh, you know, some determination and some interest And we all know that changing habits, especially when they're lifetime habits, can be really challenging. But it's also pretty rewarding when you can contribute to and maybe lower the risks of developing a life-threatening condition. And for myself working at the coalface end of this, where I'm mainly working with stage four patients who have um, a diagnosis of cancer, um, just to look back from that place and see how many of these illnesses either could be treated, cured when they were caught early or even some of them prevented. So uh, I hope that the show does serve that purpose for you. Um, and, you know, it's not always about the food. And I mean, we're talking about colon cancer today, so um, it's not always about having the right amount of fat or fibre or high-quality protein and um, you know, whole grain starches, it doesn't actually mean you will be cancer-proof. And I, I guess this is where prevention is a very hard thing to to sell because there's no guarantees with it. But uh, from the people that I've worked with in the past, my experience actually tells me that if you're basically fit and you develop cancer, that your chances of being a long-term survivor increase. And that may um, sound a little bit contradictory, but it has proven to be true so the earlier that you can get your cancer diagnosed and the healthier you are when you're actually diagnosed in, in good um, you know in good physical condition and and good mental condition as well um, the better you're going to have that that long-term uh, survival opportunity and you know in my practice I see athletes I see vegans I see vegetarians in the past I've had a few uh, fruitarians um, people who all set out in their lives long- to stay fit and stay healthy. Um, Now, many of those people that developed cancer actually uh, did relatively well. Vegans, there's a big issue around that, and we'll have to have a whole show dedicated to that, I think, in the near future. The vegan diet can take a lot of management, and maybe short-term is very helpful, but um, long-term seems to come with a lot of complications. And uh, we can talk about that a little more during the show as well. Um, On the show before, we've talked about genetics, We've talked about alterations in cells caused by the environments that we have today, pollution, chemicals, cosmetics. um, And uh, remember ewg.com if you want to look up where you can uh, find healthy and safe cosmetics and uh, home, home cleaning agents, all kinds of things to use for the family. And finally, as we mentioned before, viruses. Now, if you put that all in a, a big package and look at it, it sounds really overwhelming. Um, so what happens with a number of us? Um, it's, it's human nature. It looks so big and so overwhelming to make any changes that we do nothing at all. Um, not advisable, especially in the world that we live in. Um, So if you have bowel cancer and you're listening today or you'd like to make some positive steps to lessen your risk, I've got a few tips for you coming up in the show. Um, Remember also, we've talked about this on previous editions of Navigating the Cancer Maze, change is always done best gradually. So I think you can become really overwhelmed and fatigued by too much change too quickly and you can get stressed out while trying hard to de-stress. So please remember to be gentle with yourselves and uh, use the information in context. Um, I think if you could just do this principle that I've developed over the years for cancer patients who really do find that um, massive change is so overwhelming. They read a, a book that's about three inches thick, and they they come away from it feeling worse than they did when they started reading it. So that's not the idea. Um, I have a principle. I call it the just one thing principle. So uh, if you're going to change one thing today, it simply might be awareness of food. Um, it might be adding more fibre into your diet, thinking, oh, yes, maybe I need to do that. If you've had some surgery and you've had readjustments in your colon, it might be adding a bit less fiber into your diet for better health, Um, giving up smoking, eating less meat, more veggies. It might be accessing a genetic test to find out, well, you know, do I have any of these predispositions to cancer? And if so, can I lower my risk by actually doing some of these things? So um, I think finding a health professional to guide you through the maze or some kind of proactive life approach is important. And I know this is the current use of the personal trainer where you need someone there to give you advice, to keep you on track and to help to get you into the routines of changing Um, habits, and in that case, exercise habits, I think exercise um, is a very important part of general health, and I think that's very obvious to everybody. Um, Total self-help, you know, in the old days, I started the first sort of self-help groups for cancer, but today... I really have to rethink that because it's almost flipped to the opposite, um, where self help really becomes uh, almost self destructive sometimes, where people just think, okay, I'm fine, I can manage what I'm doing. You know, I began studying naturopathy back in 1979 and I graduated, I did lots of extra subjects, graduated in 1986. So if I look about the thousands of hours of study that I've done then and since, it's almost impossible to think. With all the information that's available today, and all the contrasting, conflicting information that's available today, that you can get all of it either at the health food store or as what I call the University of Google. Um, you know, it's great to be educated, but don't go it alone. Find a find a someone um, who can navigate this cancer maze with you. Now, talking about bowel cancer. Um, Bowel cancers just don't drop out of the sky. They're not kind of just bad luck. Um, We do know a lot about the causes of bowel cancer or colon cancer. Um, It develops quite often from non-malignant growths, which are on the lining of the wall of the colon. Now, those non-malignant growths are called adenomas or polyps. And in the second segment of today's show, I'm going to be interviewing a patient, Angela. And she has a hereditary condition where polyps were growing in large numbers in her colon. And therefore, she has a high expectation, or her doctors do, of her developing a malignancy. Um, The best medical solution that's been offered there uh, for Angela and for many like her is um, to remove the colon, and uh, provide an extra hole in the abdomen, um, which is called a stoma, so um, that the fecal material can flow out of that and into a bag. Um, It's called an ileostomy or a colostomy, depending on how much of the colon's removed so the long-term social psychological physical issues with that solution are not easy um, we call that a high morbidity solution and that basically means that you're living with many problems that's actually caused by the solution that compromises your well-being and quality of life now for some people these surgeries are life-saving but my goodness if you could prevent it that's certainly the way to go and for those of you who are regular Listeners to the show, you'll know that uh, through a uh, surgical mishap, I actually had nerve damage uh, to my colon and um, had to have five feet of large and five feet of small removed, small colon, and um, had ileostomies and colostomies that all failed. And uh, I found a solution in Rotterdam in the Netherlands where I was a world first where a bionic device was implanted, um, which I actually have in my buttock that is wired to electrodes in my spine and mimics peristalsis. So it replaces the nerve damage that I've lost um, in that lower part of the colon. But I lost everything above that. Um, so it's, it's not a lot of fun and it's a real challenge. And I know that when one hears genuine patient stories about the possibilities, about what can be done, that is very inspiring. And I think when you get that kind of inspiration, it helps you to make some of these changes and it helps you to navigate um, the cancer maze or, as Angela's doing, navigating the prevention maze. And we're going to hear from her after the break, so don't go away. Um, I know you're going to enjoy this interview, which is talking about FAP which is familial adenomatous polyposis. And Angela will explain more about that soon. Don't go away.
0: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Hulvang Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, Please contact the clinic via their website at www.hullvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-Clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490 7443 Learn to navigate the cancer maze with trusted professionals in cancer health care. The Grace Galler Institute, a not-for-profit organization with an established track record, a global clientele, and expertise in local and international referrals. The Institute's founder has almost 40 years' experience as a multidiscipline cancer strategist with a focus on finding options and implementing personalized care for cancer patients. The Grace Galler Institute can help you navigate the cancer maze. Why not email the Institute today at institute at gracegoller.com or visit their website at grayscholarinstitute.com. Listen each week to Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Scholar, from the Grace Scholar Institute as she interviews cancer medicine experts, researchers, allied health professionals, patients, and caregivers. Navigating the Cancer Maze provides you with information, education, inspiration, and a toolkit that will equip you wherever you are and whoever you are. To effectively navigate your way through the cancer maze, the Grace Scholar Institute also provides ebook resources. Be inspired. Be empowered. Visit the Institute's website at www.graceschullerinstitute.com or email institute at graceschuller.com. You are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Scholar. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at com. Now... Back to Navigating the Cancer Maze.
1: Welcome to Navigating the Cancer Maze. I'm your host, Grace Gawler. My guest today has endured a lifetime of ill health, although to look at her right now as she's sitting in front of me, you'd never know it. She has, or I perhaps should say has had, a condition known as familial adenomatous polyposis. It's quite a mouthful, FAP as it's known. This is an inherited condition that predisposes someone to colon cancer. Her grandfather had it, that is FAP. Her mother has had it and died at 58. Her uncle's had it and it's known that one of her adult children has had it. Uh, her other two children apparently are yet to be investigated. So what does it mean to have a diagnosis of familial polyposis? Well, basically, the condition involves the growth of numerous polyps that form mainly in the epithelium, in the lining of the large intestine. And while these polyps start out benign, malignant transformations happen, the DNA is altered, and it turns into colon cancer when left untreated. So the solution medically is often a colectomy, which is a surgical resection of any extent of the large intestine, Um, And a colostomy bag, or in some cases, even an ileostomy is required. And I guess the question we're looking at today, or is it? So Angela is here now to share her experience of FAP. Welcome to the show, Angela. Thanks, Grace. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about what led you? You came to see me initially in 2011. Uh, which is quite some time ago. What brought you here? What were the doctors saying? And can you tell us a little bit about how that, that whole scenario opened for you?
2: Okay. Well, I was told in 2011 that at that stage I had 35 precancerous polyps. Um, that was in the space of six months. I had been having six monthly checkups for quite some time, um, probably close to probably 10 years. And with each um, checkup, they were increasing. Also, the level of the risk was increasing. They were going from, some of them were, as you were aware, there were four stages before you actually hit cancer. Mine were all Um, pre-cancerous, but the the levels were going up. They were going from either level one to level two, and I had a couple of level three. On previous occasions, I had had a level four, which is just before the section where it does become um, cancerous. So I had to have um, some bowel surgery done to take that section out. Um, what they, the doctors, were telling me with this one was because it was getting worse, in their opinion, it was getting worse. Um, the only thing to stop this was to have pretty much all the bowel taken out, um, and I would then be, I would not be left. They said to me, I would not have an ileostomy. However, on further investigation. I was told that at the time of the initial operation, no, I probably wouldn't, but what would it, um, entail after that is that I would probably have to go to the, to the toilet probably 30 times a day, up to 30 times a day with a bowel movement. Um, because I'd had previous surgery before, I did know what an ostomy was like and I did not want it in any way, shape or form. It, it For me, it is one of the most... Um, Oh, I would class it as disgusting. Um, it is very difficult to control or manage. And also, the small things that doctors do forget to tell you is where the stoma is. You end up with a series of um, leakages from the bowel that I ended up with like third-degree burns and blisters all around the stoma that the actual bag would be sitting on and found it extremely uncomfortable. Also, an ileostomy tends to run constantly, as if you have diarrhea all the time. And in because I live in a hot climate um, with lots of warm weather and humidity, that would, again, be a problem for the bag. But also the smell. The smell, that no matter what you do or what bags you get, there is always a smell entailed. And I just did not want to see myself living like that for the rest of my life. Um, Also bearing in mind if something, there was some medical treatment that could reverse it, I would not be in a position to have it reversed. So it would for me be totally permanent. And I just did not want to live like that. Um, Of course then I sort of met Grace and things tried some of the things that she told me to take um and here i am 3 day, 3 years down the track and i haven't had any signs whatsoever of anything they have completely dis- disappeared so at this stage i'm still not going to have an ileostomy however it is mentioned on every checkup that i should be it should be something that i'm looking at but i don't intend to look at it in any way shape or form um until I have an in, in, a numerous amount of pots, and then I would still be looking at them, looking at some alternative to it.
1: Yeah, well, you um, you've taken a very sensible approach because not only have you been doing, let's call it, complementary medicine, where um, you know you've been taking a number of supplements, and not only that, you've looked at a number of lifestyle things, yeah. um, and perhaps you could talk about some of those things. Um, And I think, you know, chronic constipation in in someone with um, this kind of problem certainly adds fuel to the fire. Um, So could you just sort of tell us about that? And I'd like to um, just ask you if you could hone into the number of times now that you've been back and you've had your colonoscopies and uh, what's been said. So if you could follow through that walkway through your your complementary and lifestyle approach, through to each time now that you've had your scans. Okay. Um, the things that I'm, uh,
2: the complementary things that I'm taking now, um, I'm taking Boswellia, uh, I'm taking um, very high-grade fish oil, and it's the EPA factor that's involved in the fish oil that is seems to be the thing that works for, um, on the polyps. Um, I take a 6,000 milligram EPA of a very good quality um, fish oil, and I also take, um, this was recommended by the doctor, which is Aklan, or Sullendac, it's an aspirin-based product. Um, I also take um, other things as well. I sort of watch what I eat. I try to keep away from fats. I eat a lot of fish. I eat a lot of salmon. Anything that I think has really high quality EPA um, because that's what the fish oil is made of, obviously. Um, I take carnitine. I take some adjuncts that are not quite, that will probably help, but I don't feel are as... Um, as good as the fish oils and the boswellia, I think they're the main things that I think are extremely good. Um, so you're taking things that basically increase your well-being. Yes. While you're targeting—that's exactly the actual right. FAP. That's exactly right. Those three things are the things that I, I think are the best for the actual FAP. Um, I've been—I have—I still have my checkups every six months. But I, what I notice now is that um, I think word's starting to get round the hospital because um, every time I go in, I have a number of people coming up and saying, "Oh, you're the lady that's um, doing all these these complimentary things and um, doesn't have doesn't have any more polyps." And of course, when I came when I came out of my last one, which was six months ago, um, I had three nurses at the bottom of the bed reading my report who then went on to tell me that, no, I still didn't have any, and that I really must start spreading the word about what's happening. <laughs> so, yeah, I tell everybody I know that I've come across
1: that this is what I'm doing and this is what's worked for me. Yeah, well, yeah. at one stage, I believe, from reading your history again today, that was about, uh, someone said 30 polyps, another person said about 100 mm. polyps. What was it like when you have got your first a um, good colonoscopy report, which was the next one after you'd started this program?
2: Um, well, that was unbelievable because, A, the time frame involved, I think it was only like three or four months that um, after I first saw you that I went for my next colonoscopy, and I would have been happy with ten. But when I turned up with zero, it was like all my Christmases had come in one, and I just I couldn't believe it. I had to take the report home and just keep reading it. It was like I just did not believe that I could have had so little, and then of course I went back for the next one, and I thought maybe that was just um, good luck. And I was a little, I must admit—I was a little nervy when I went went in for it because I thought, oh, this is not going to be—it's not going to happen again—and it did. And it's been like that every time I go. So, so what's that for now? For yeah, four or five. I'm going for yeah. another one in another month.
0: Uh-huh. So that's good.
2: But this time I'm not nervous, so that's good. I, I'm actually expecting that to come back zero. I'd be really surprised if it didn't, because as you know, the older you get, the more um, the, the sorry the word it's it's it comes back more. It gets worse, basically. Yeah. Um, and I sort of figured by by this stage I would have um, had a, a negative result if it was going to. So I don't. I don't anticipate a negative result in any at all.
1: Mm. You were just telling me before, before we started um, the program, how um, the doctor had described the the actual inside of your colon. Could you share that with our listeners? Yeah. Um,
2: well, as you know, as I said, I, they wanted to take all of my bowel out. And they were very nervous because part of my bowel was actually because of um, was very crumbly, and they were really concerned about um, how that would go. It was going to be a very high-risk surgery. And the specialist, uh, the surgeon actually said to me that, um, well, he, 90% or 95% of doctors would not even attempt to do it. It was so bad. But on a cost-risk scenario, he was prepared to do it, which didn't really sit well with me because I was thinking, well, how's this going to go? Um, and I, on my pre, my most recent colonoscopy, the specialist said to me, he cannot believe the condition of my bowel, how much it has improved in such a short, short time—a short time, according to him, anyway. Um, he said it's absolutely amazing. It said the, the regeneration of it is is um, is just incredible, um, and he just kept mentioning it again, even when I went on to my follow-ups after that. Um, he keeps saying, oh, it's just changed so
1: much. Yeah, so that was one thing that did surprise him. Mm. And that's fantastic for you because it means that, hey, I've actually made an impact. Yeah, that's right. and that, That's pretty empowering. Yeah. If you could stay for us for uh, uh, another segment. Sure. Um, we're going to take a break now on Navigating the Cancer Maze and we'll be back shortly hearing more from Angela and her experience with FAP.
0: Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Hulvang Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hullvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490 7443 Learn to navigate the cancer maze with trusted professionals in cancer health care. The Grace Gahler Institute, a not-for-profit organization with an established track record, a global clientele, and expertise in local and international referrals. The Institute's founder has almost 40 years experience as a multidiscipline cancer strategist with a focus on finding options and implementing personalized care for cancer patients. The Grace Gahler Institute can help you navigate the cancer maze. Why not email the Institute today at institute at com, or visit their website at com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at com. Now... Back to Navigating the Cancer Maze.
1: We're back on Navigating the Cancer Maze and Angela's here with us today and we're discussing FAP. Um, There's a couple of things I'd like to get sort of more clear and, and I think would be really helpful for listeners. One is the aspect of what is it like to be living with something that's hanging over your head and you're taking responsibility for this, you're going your way, yes, you're working with doctors as well as a GP, as well as with uh, myself, Um, you've taken responsibility for this in in a very unusual way, but how is that for you emotionally, knowing that you have this thing hanging over your head, and also the aspect of your children, Um, you know, how's
2: that for you? Um, with regard to my children, that's probably the bit that really worries me. As you know, I have a son. He um, he already has this disease, but he's living in a bit of a fairy land that he's just prepared to go for the operation. And I keep trying to tell him, because I've had a number of operations along the way, um, that surgery is not the best way. You have surgery, yeah, it might fix, fix in inverted commas, some problem that you might have. However, it's going to leave you with a lot of other issues that come up afterwards that you weren't aware of. You weren't aware that you're going to feel tired. You weren't aware you're going to have pain. You weren't aware that, um, you know, you could get, in my case, bowel obstructions or something later on. And even if I had to have the ileostomy, I was still going to get bowel obstructions. I mean, that's, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't enable you to deal with those things. You think that you never, in my opinion... You're never going to be the person you were before you went in and had the surgery. There is always, even if it's some minor detail, there is always going to be something not quite right. Apart from the emotional factor, I mean, um, you know, I mean the emotional factor of having surgery, I mean big surgery, it really knocks you around. Um, and if I, have to, if I had to have this surgery that they're talking about, we're talking really major, major stuff. And we're talking stuff that I'm um, like. I enjoy my exercise. I enjoy my life, and you know the foods. Like I'm, um, I love, I love food. My food, all my, t- all my food is going to change. What I can and can't eat, and um, what you can taste, of course. too. Well, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. I wouldn't be able to taste things. Um, the obstructions, you know, like I love vegetables, and I would go. And I was going to have to go. I would have to go on a low residue diet. I mean you go out for dinner and you'd have to sit there and you'd have to poke around and think, oh, what, what can I eat that's going to be safe? And then, you know, if you're going to end up with diarrhoea all the time, of course that's going to affect your electrolytes and all. How You get tired and you get cranky and you get upset and it affects the way you think and lots of little things like that. So that is a major issue. That's a major issue for me um, as regarding going for the tests. That's a small inconvenience. If, I'm talking three or four days, maybe a week of little minor inconvenience. And if I have to do that so that I don't have to have the surgery, that's great as far as I'm concerned. That's a small inconvenience. And you know, I mean, so far, I mean, I so far I I have a great result. I don't see why I wouldn't have a great keep on having a great result every time I go. Um, and as a guy thinking about it well I did used to think about it a lot but because I've had such great support especially from grace um, I, I um, don't see why you know I don't I'm not as worried about it anymore now I, I do the things that I've been told I've been t- explained to do and told to do and these things will make the difference they are making a difference it's just part of my lifestyle now it's just something I do Um and I don't find, find it a problem. Um, if I have a, an issue, I'll ring up and say, look, what do you think about such and such? And she'll say, maybe, well, we try something different. We try something... And, and that's always helped. It's, it's good to be able to talk to somebody like that. And, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't find living with it as much as a problem as I did because before there was nothing. Now mm. I've got alternatives and they, and I know they're working. And if I need to add some other regime to it, it's not a major. It's not a major difference. It's the things are so easy that it's not hard to add them in and incorporate them in your life. Um, I just look at it. If you were a diabetic or something, you'd have insulin maybe. But you know, it's just a fact of life for me. And if because I've had so many tests lately with so many good results that. I'm just, I don't see
1: any way, reason to think it's going to be any different next time. Yeah, look, you, you really touch on an important thing there, and that's the thing called compliance. Because uh, whether you're a, a doctor or an oncologist um, or a naturopathic practitioner mm. like myself, people complying to what you suggest will help them is a really, really big issue. So you've kind of created this so that it's a, a new habit that you... Do mm. and you know you're getting an outcome. Yeah. Can I have your thoughts around that, that issue of compliance and what sort of drives you to to do that for you?
2: Yeah, it's really simple. I want to be here to see my kids. I want to, and I want to see them to be able to play with them. Not turn up at their house and say, "Ooh, what's that smell?" It's really easy to do. It's not. You just think about what, how you want to live your life. And and the thing with these um, com, this complementary things that I'm taking is it actually makes me feel better even apart from the fact of what it's doing to the FAP which is eliminating it um, I actually feel better when I take them I can tell they've taken them and I I actually feel better I I have a lot more energy than I used to have it makes me feel I have always had a problem with depression on and off and I think it's definitely related to What's been happening over the years with the FAP and, and and that, and I know that it's that has made a difference. Um, my skin's better. I feel better. My I um, I don't see as many wrinkles as I should have for my age. <laughs> and a lot of the things that I'm taking are, are things that are, um like youth engaging. They make you feel younger and look younger for a longer period of time. So what 's hard about taking to something that does that as well as as well as makes you feel better
1: you know i don 't find it an issue yeah fantastic i mean that's a that 's a very good answer um, it's it 's a difficult concept to get across to people, but I think you 've touched on some really really important things today um, that issue of compliance and lifestyle change um, What else in your lifestyle have you actually paid attention to as a part of this um, kind of conglomerate of of things that you've been doing and for you it's been a kind of a wind-up over a period of time you've added in this you've added in this until you're really starting to go up the bell curve here yeah yeah um
2: i look at the way i live my life i've included meditation i'd meditate every day um sometimes i wake up during the night and i'll meditate during the night and what does that mean what sort of meditation what works for you uh, usually, what I've done is I've actually just taped a whole heap of meditation that I've enjoyed. Um, um, a lady called Tara Brack, I've got some of her stuff. I've got um, a whole, just a whole lot that I've so picked up. So you use up. CDs and yeah, CDs, and yeah. I've actually put them onto an iPad uh, and iPod, and I just keep it by the bed. Or and if I get tired during the day and I'm just not feeling, you know, so good, I'll go in and I'll just do a little pick me up. I mean, I do do regular, regular. I do at least one or two sessions. So I'd say probably at least an hour a day. Sometimes, if I'm having a bad day or a bad night, I might just do a bad, just do it until I fall asleep again. And I've noticed difference in that. I'm definitely much more relaxed because I used to be a very nervy person. I'm actually, I know that that makes a difference, um, not just with the FAP, but also with just me. Um, I feel much more relaxed. I'm enjoying my life better. Um, how I relate to people. Um, I do exercise because I believe that that's a, an important part of the whole program. I'm also very careful about what I eat now and what I drink. And mm-hmm. I try to eliminate... Um, and this is ongoing because the more I find out about things, then I'll either in, I'll include it or I'll eliminate it. Um, just... Just the whole lifestyle. I try to get high-energy foods or foods that I know that are going to be whole foods that are going to... I, look, I believe they make a difference because when I eat things like that, I feel different. You know it in yourself. I yeah. know it in myself over a period of time. Mm-mm. I try to cut out a lot of refined things. I'm not saying I, I'm not perfect. I don't eliminate everything all the time that I should be doing. And I do have the, the occasional chocolate and... And things like that, but I try to keep it in. I try to be ninety, probably ninety to ninety-five percent good, maybe five to ten percent bad on
1: occasions. Mm, Sounds pretty balanced for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A few words for listeners who have this condition, or maybe know someone who has this condition. Uh, From your personal experience, just a few sentences. What would you say to someone who's listening today? Oh, definitely go on the,
2: um, the fish oil. Definitely. <laughs> go on your high-grade fish oil. Definitely get the Boswellia, high-quality Boswellia. Try and get hold of somebody who knows, like I've got a great mentor in Grace. Um, she is so smart. If it, hadn't, <laughs> if it hadn't been for her, I would have been on a different track altogether now. So try and get hold of a great person like her who really knows their stuff. And, yeah, just, yeah, that, that would be my words of wisdom to, to someone.
1: Yeah, and probably just to add there, and I know you'd endorse this, keep getting checked.
2: Yes, oh, definitely, you've got to do the follow-ups. You, you can't live pretending it's not going to happen, especially if you have it, it's because it's not, it will happen. If you don't do anything to change it, you will end up With the whole cancer and the ileostomy, you've got to have the checks. You've got to follow up. You
1: can't just live in a dream world that it's not going to happen. And this is what we're talking about, and this is real prevention and health promotion. That's right. Which I'd certainly rather be working with in yeah. many ways than, than people that have left things, because we find that there's a an ostrich with its head in the that's sand right. approach quite often. It's not going to be me, it can't be me, and people just go on. And So I take my hat off to you, actually, because you've done um, something that's really quite extraordinary, and you've stuck at it. Yeah, and uh, I think that's fantastic, and I know this is going to help a lot of people today who are listening to this show. So thanks heaps for um, allowing us to uh, move into that special time that you've worked so hard to have. My pleasure. (laughs) Okay, bye for now.
0: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Listen each week to Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller, from the Grace Goller Institute as she interviews cancer medicine experts, researchers, allied health professionals, patients, and caregivers. Navigating the Cancer Maze provides you with information, education, inspiration, and a toolkit that will equip you wherever you are. And whoever you are to effectively navigate your way through the cancer maze. The Gray Scholar Institute also provides ebook resources. Be inspired. Be empowered. Visit the Institute's website at www.gracescholarinstitute.com or email institute at Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Holvung Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, Please contact the clinic via their website at www.hullvung-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-Clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490 964240 Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host Grace Goller we'd love to hear from you today on our program please call us toll free from North America at 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 international callers may dial in to 480-553-5759 you may also send an email to institute at graceGawler.com. Now, back to navigating the cancer maze.
1: We're back with Navigating the Cancer Maze, and of course I'm Grace Gawler, your host, and I hope you enjoyed and found that interview with Angela to be very, very helpful. I think the uh, interview highlighted so many of the things that we've talked about on this show in, in terms of the holistic approach. And I don't mean that by just alternative. I mean combining the conventional with the psychological, with the with the spiritual, with the emotional, um, and uh, with the physical, with what we're um, taking, what we're doing in our lifestyle and diet. So uh, I really... Uh, was inspired uh, with that interview myself. I'd just uh, like to uh, uh, probably enhance a few of the things there that Angela was talking about in terms of help for bowel health or colon health. Um, she talked about the anti-inflammatory uh, things that she's taking. Uh, Boswellia serrata is one of the things that she has used. Now, it's very important that you get that prescribed. Uh, one of the things that we hope doesn't happen from today is that you do self-prescription and just go out and willy-nilly buy something. Um, it's really, really important to have these things prescribed and, of course, monitored. Now, the Boswellia is potently anti anti-inflammatory, and it was one of the turnaround things that really helped Angela in the beginning. Um, The boswellic acids are the active principle, and you really need to be sure also that you're getting what you pay for. So if you get that from a uh, a registered practitioner, you'll uh, find that you get the right kind of boswellia for you. Do not use the raw resin. Um, It can be highly irritant and cause uh, some hemorrhaging from the throat. So there's a real precaution there. But the actual uh, substance, when it's properly prepared, is fantastic. Um, High-grade fish oil, high EPA fish oil. Now, fish oil is very um, important, I think, as a part of general health. Uh, You can get it from supplements, yes. You can also get it from eating oily fish, which is something that Angela is now doing. Um, You want fish that have got the high omega-3 fatty acids and they 're your mackerels, your tuna, salmon, um, sturgeon, uh, mullet, uh, anchovies, sardines, uh, herrings, trout, just to name a few um, they uh, they provide those kinds of fish about one gram of omega-3 fatty acids for every 3.5 ounces of the fish. Um, So good to have in your diet, but if you do have a problem uh, with your colon or an inflammatory problem also can be uh, added in as a supplement. Now there are some contraindications there too. Um, If you're taking any blood thinning medications, again, you must seek the proper advice to be able to use those things in the correct therapeutic manner. Um, an aspirin-based substance. Um, now, in Angela's case, she's being monitored with this, and uh, that aspirin is also a part of thinning the blood. And we know that there's been a number of studies around saying that yes, aspirin um, does reduce the incidence of colon cancer, and it's thought because it is its um, its methodology in the body, if you like, is is to actually thin the blood. And we've talked in the past on the program that when the blood um, Tends to coagulate easily. Um, sometimes we call that sticky blood. Um, Rouleau, when the the uh, the platelets are very sticky and the red blood cells are sticky, that that uh, is a pre uh, a precondition that can lead to not only strokes and heart disease but also to cancer. And uh, one of the things that many of our doctors do, and particularly our clinic in Germany, is to be sure that the patient's blood. Um, is not in that kind of condition because it's the best for healing. So once again, uh, something that you need to be checking on. It was interesting, um, Angela didn't, I think, mention this in the interview, but her peristalsis has returned recently. And this has been something that's... uh, Quite phenomenal because when a patient gets a bowel condition, um, often whether it's um, bowel cancer or the polyposis, um, you're either running to the toilet too much or not going enough. So it's um, depending on the illness there. But when the bowel gets overloaded, the peristalsis actually diminishes and the, the colon becomes quite flaccid and we call it atonic um, colon. And uh, so this further complicates the issue but all of the things that Angela's been doing, for instance she noticed that when she exercised her peristalsis was better and she could actually um, go to the loo um, much better than if she hadn't exercised that tended to have a use-by date. She's using a, a product at the moment, which has enabled her to clear. And because she's taking these other supplements, she's been able to uh, create an environment where the, the natural peristalsis can work again in elimination So that's another really, really important one. Um, Just getting back to the oily fish and the EPA, if you are going to get supplements of that, uh, do make sure that you get not only mercury tested but mercury free. Um, You should be able to get even a little handout from your pharmacy or health food store or health practitioner about this that will tell you um, how much EPA is in the product and whether there's any tiny amounts of mercury. Uh, Mercury is one of the key heavy metals that we do find in fish and fish products, unfortunately, today. Uh, So it's very important that we don't overload on that. It does get a little tricky um, as we keep on navigating the maze, um, as you can see with the sorts of things we're talking about. Um, I'd also like to touch on the... um, aspects of uh, gut bacteria. There's been a lot of very good recent information about the role of gut bacteria in um, colon health and general health. And it's... um, it's been discovered that there's, a, there's more to this than meets the eye, that particularly the, um, the bifida bacteria have been able to help with uh, maintaining, managing, reversing in some cases, um, cases of irritable bowel syndrome and also assisting in Crohn's um, disease. Now, we get back to talking there about diseases of the colon that are anti-inflammatory. Um, so a probiotic is a very, very good idea indeed um, to take. Um, Harvard uh, School of Public Health, actually this year, I think it was around in the middle of the year, um, they discovered that there are chemicals that are actually generated by bacteria in the colon. And these chemicals in turn help important immune cells. And those immune cells are known as TREGs. And they, um, in the colon, they grow and function quite well. And they found out that the metabolites from the bacteria reduce colitis in mice with inflammatory bowel disease. Um, So, that's some very important information because about 2 million people worldwide are actually affected by um, inflammatory bowel disease or or IBS, as it's also called. Um, Tregs are regulatory T cells in the intestine, so um, not too complicated. Um, The Tregs are in there. They help people live peacefully with the gut bacteria. And importantly, they're involved not only in the immunity, but in helping a wide range of foods to be digested. So that leads us back to looking at some of the questions in the beginning. You know, Can colon cancer be prevented? Um, I think it's one of the cancers where the prevention aspect is probably higher in percentage than any other cancer because it is dietary related to some degree. Yes, we do get those contaminants we talked about, but some of the little tips here, um, not only for if you're managing a, a bowel cancer situation, but uh, if you're in that pre-cancerous or concerned that you might be. Avoiding bad fats, I think, is really important. Now, the bad fats in particular are the trans fats. Um, they're your hydrogenated fats. Um fats that are reheated and reheated also um, are, are very, very bad in terms of the colon because they can create this inflammatory process. Um, we uh, know about fibers, uh, gelling fibers and coarse fibers, they need to be in balance, not too little, not too much. Gelling fibers tend to come from fruits and the coarser fibers tend to come from your, your grains and um and your vegetables. Um there's some thought that too much fibre today may actually be involved with um, with actually creating uh, bowel cancer um, through the inflammatory process, through actually irritating the colon. So this balancing aspect is really, really important. Now, I'm going to put up on my blog today, my blog is gracegawlermedia.com and Gawler is G-A for Apple. W-L-E-R, Um Today, I'm going to have a number of tips actually up there on the website. So please have a look at that because there's only so much time that the show actually allows us um, to do. I guess... Uh today's been a very preliminary exercise. I'd like to thank Angela for being on the show. Um, we're going to look more next week. We're going to talk to a bowel surgeon, as I said, in the very near future. So we're going to really look at every aspect that comes in to colon cancer in prevention, management, and of course, in treatment. So I hope you're going to join me again on navigating the cancer maze same time next week. It's been lovely being with you today and have a great week. Bye for now.
0: Thank you again for listening to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Please join your host, Grace Goller, again next Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, cancer is not something you have to face alone.